Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SENQ. But you know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brecky with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Oh, Slam and Sam, he is taking the Wallabies World Cup performance hard. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Surely it's not that bad, or is it? Uh, does the whole rugby program in Australia need to be blown up, start again, hit the reset button? And what are the quarterfinals looking like? Who will get through? It's an absolute feast of rugby if you can stomach it without the Wallabies. One man I know is taking it hard. He was over there. In fact, he is heading back to France later tonight. I speak none other than former Wallabies captain Stephen Moore, who joins me now on the line. Uh, Squeak, I'd like to say a very good morning to you, but there's still a pall hanging over uh, Aussies, isn't it? Um, The fact that there's no Wallabies outside of the pool stages. Yeah, definitely, Benny. Thanks for having me again, mate. Uh, I guess everyone's still you know, gathering themselves after the disappointment of, of the tournament uh, for Australia anyway. Whilst it's been a terrific tournament, you know, we always want the Wallabies to do well. And, you know, historically we've been there in the quarterfinals at this stage of the comp, but uh, not this time around, mate. So it's a good opportunity for us to uh, have a good look at, at how we've got to this position and, and what we need to do to, to get out of it, I guess. But I, it doesn't matter if it's in sport or in business, you need something almost catastrophic to happen for change to take place. I'm kind of glad we didn't make the quarterfinals because it actually allows us to go, right, something needs to happen. If we had scraped in, it would almost be like a pass mark, wouldn't it? Saying, well, we survived this and the change probably wouldn't be as brutal. Well, that, that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Do we need to blow everything up, start again, or is it tweaking at the edges? What do you th- what do you see now in the I guess the clear light of day, and what's happened over the the, the last three or four weeks that that needs to happen to Australian rugby to make us competitive for the next well the next World Cup and also the uh, the Lions tour? Yeah, it's a it's a really good point, and it's very difficult to say. Uh, it's sort of good we didn't make the quarterfinals. I, I find that pretty hard to to say. Me but, too. Uh, yeah, as everyone does, but. I think you're right. Sometimes it does take this kind of uh, moment for us to sit back and say, well, where to from here? And I guess there's the emotion and the immediacy of what's just happened. But then if you take a step back, there's the the overall strategy and the plan for the game in Australia is not something that we can fix overnight. It's going to take a lot of, a lot of involvement, uh, some detail, and probably a little bit of time to digest that, to, to be able to come up with a really clear plan around how we rebuild the game from the ground up in Australia, because at the end of the day, that's what's needed. Uh, the game is at 
probably its greatest low at the moment, I think, both professionally and, you know, you look at the footprint of the game around Australia and uh, how the game's probably regressed over the last however many years and now is the time to be having these conversations. When you and I last spoke, um, you, you mentioned it and it was it was more of a line and I want to dig deeper into it now about, about the conference, the conference, the, um, the provincial system at the moment where we've got WA, we've got Melbourne, again, outside of rugby strongholds. We know that expansion is great, but if your nursery in your backyard and your main sort of states are not firing as well should we just mm. condense and bring back to the strongholds of New South Wales and Queensland? Is that something that needs to, to happen? Yeah, look, I, I'm always coming at this from the, the lens of, you know, being capital constrained and only having a certain amount of money to mm. spend on, on this end of the game. And I just think for the money we have spent, uh, particularly in the expansion teams of WA and Melbourne, uh, we haven't got the return that we would like to have got. And, uh, I think that it's time to look at you know, our base and where we can really be strong and where we can dominate uh, the winter codes. And if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be in Queensland and New South Wales. And, and the Reds and the Waratahs haven't been competitive for a long time. So how do we make those teams stronger and in turn strengthen the game around the, those states? So, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about country rugby in Queensland and in New South Wales and... I think the money that we are putting into, say, the Force and the Rebels needs to be redirected uh, to the grassroots in WA and Victoria and South Australia and all the other uh, states around the country. But at the very pointy and that the professional end of the game, I think we need to contract that and really streamline that so that we've got fewer pathways and we've got much more control about where a player goes or, or a young player goes from school through to club and through to super rugby and then ultimately through to the Wallabies. At, at the moment, we, we don't have good visibility or control of that because of our footprint. And, and I think there's been a lot of money wasted. And a good example is the Melbourne Rebels, for example. A lot of their players are coming back to play club rugby in Brisbane. Uh, so... For me, I'm just asking, well, why are they down there in the first place? Why, why aren't we, haven't we got them up here full-time so that we've got full control over their programming, you know, that that whole pathway from school right through to Wallabies? Uh, we, we need to be really clear, and at the moment, that's a little bit all over the shop. Mate, I love what you're saying, and, and I think there's a lot of strength in it. One of the stumbling blocks that I can see straight up, though, is broadcast deals. I mean, they want more teams. They want more content. How do you appease them if you're scaling back? Yeah, then that's the sticking point, isn't it? But uh, I guess the argument to that is that the quality of content that we're getting at the moment is is poor. There's too many ordinary games, uh, one-sided games, particularly when we're playing the Kiwi sides as well. Um, so whilst we might have a lot of content in Super Rugby, the quality of it is really questionable. And I think that's... That's something that the broadcasters need to be really clear on is is that do we have less content but higher quality uh, or is it worth looking at the club competition and what that looks like, uh, you know, an FA Cup style format? I, I don't know the answer to it. As I said, the broadcast piece is one of those wicked problems that will take more than a, a phone conversation to, to solve and... You know, people from all around the game are broadcasting the, the media landscape, but also 
um, you, you know, all of our provincial teams and then all the club teams as well need to have input into what the game looks like from top to bottom. That right there, folks, is why he's one of the best thinkers in the game. Stephen Moore is giving front rowers a bad name by actually getting in and being intellectual and thinking about it. Squeak, I can say that from being a former front rower myself. <laughs> hey, um, an incredible honour for you. I mentioned the fact that you are heading back to France tonight. In fact, you're you're flying out. Um, but it is to be over there for the World Cup, and and as I said, an incredible honour bestowed upon you and uh, and your fellow centurions. Yeah, that's right, Benny. On Thursday night in Paris, there's there's a dinner uh, for all the, the players from around the world that played 100 tests, and uh, I think they're hoping to get a really good turnout to that. So uh, I guess when you retire and it's all said and done, these are the kind of things that, that make it all worthwhile when you get to catch up with, with people from all around the world uh, and reminisce on those times, and good and bad. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think there's a few... Aussie's going to be there. Uh, I think Greg's will be there and, and Sharpie and a few others. So uh, really looking forward to catching up with some old mates and also some players that, you know, we spent so long on the other side of the fence. But now as retired players, you come together and, and you can have a laugh and enjoy each other's company. So those kind of things are, are what's great about World Cups. Outstanding stuff. You'll be, uh, you'll be uh, sport by some great rugby as well. What about this quarterfinal? So you, you've got... Uh, Ireland and New Zealand, France and South Africa. I mean, it sounds like they should be semi-finals or they could be World Cup finals. Yet yeah. two of those teams, it'll be over and out after this weekend. Yeah, it's hard to believe, isn't it? I think there's been a lot said about the draw and and they for people that don't know, they do the draw quite a way out from the actual tournament. So the pools are decided well in advance of the tournament, which can sometimes distort who plays who and, and the rankings on the day are very different to what they might have been like two years ago. So the way it's worked out, we've got the top four teams on the same side. So as you say, those two test matches this weekend will be uh, two test matches for the ages, I think. Uh, you've got the hosts playing South Africa, who in many people's eyes are, are the favourites. So France, South Africa, and then on Sunday, the All Blacks play Ireland, who you know probably been the form team in the competition, Ireland. And for anyone that's watched it, that their sort of fan base just continues to grow as the tournament goes on and incredible scenes in Ireland and also in Paris for, for where they've played their last couple of games. So uh, those two test matches will be titanic battles. And I'm really looking forward to actually being over there for those. Uh, and for anyone who, even if you're not a rugby fan, um, jump on and, and watch those two games. It'll be well worthwhile. Wales, Argentina and England, Fiji are the other two quarters. Who gets it done out of the All Blacks in Ireland? Oh, look, I think that, it, oh, look, it's just, it, it's a toss of a coin, Ben. I think it really is. I think if New Zealand play at their best, like we saw when they played South Africa in New Zealand this year, then they can beat anyone in the world um, and sometimes pretty comfortably. So, but Ireland have just been really consistent the last few years. I think they've won 17 test matches in a row. So they have shown their ability to play at a high level week, week on week. And, and they'll be sort of mentioning that, I suppose, this week in training. And I think Ireland will win the game. I think it's their time. I think that everything's going in their favour. Got a terrific support base over there. And uh, I think they'll get the job done. Uh, and before time beats us, we're going to get about 30 seconds. France, South Africa, who do you see getting the chocolates? Uh, well, I've tipped South Africa to win the tournament, so I guess I have to tip them <laughs> to win this game. Otherwise, they won't be winning the tournament. So 
Uh, but once again, toss of a coin, France, we don't know if DuPont's going to play, who's their inspirational yeah. skipper. He's probably the best player in the world on his day, but he's had a fractured uh, eye socket. So he's coming back from that. So I think South Africa will, will be uh, too good on the day. That They really thrive on these big test matches and this certainly be, will be one of those. Stephen Moore, always a pleasure. Enjoy uh, the other side of the world. Stephen Moore, former Wallabies captain, we're seven away from 11.